Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. The wildfires that ripped through California this year destroyed tens of thousands of acres, hundreds of homes, and dozens of wineries, including the Sagazi Vineyard that sat atop Mount Vitor in Napa. While the destruction was overwhelming and made Sagazi's grape fields look like Mars, owner Andrew Cates has a plan to help the vineyard, along with its neighbors, rise up from the ashes while also helping the survivors of other disasters. His proposal is to harvest the grapes left on the vines after the fires that are no longer suitable for making wine, and instead use them to produce a special edition of his crunchy, shelf-stable snack, Wine Raisins, that can help feed and raise money for victims of other natural disasters. Cates explains how he came up for the idea of the Fire Raisin Rescue Project as he surveyed the destruction of his and his neighbor's farms, and how he believes that even though the fires shut the door on the hopes for a 2017 vintage, it opened a window for his nearly two-year-old startup, The Wine Raisin Company. It's been somewhat surreal. Um, uh, and and going back and, and looking at the destruction, I mean, to be honest, it, it's Mount Vitor, the ADA, which Sagasti Vineyard and where I live, uh, it, it looks like Mars. Um, it, it's it's just utter destruction. It's 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 worse than it's really been um, portrayed in the media uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, so uh, let's see where to start. I mean, I, they evacuated the mountain um, on the day that the fire happened, and they, they probably evacuated it two hours before everything was in flames. So it was just, it spread very quickly. There was seventy-five mile per hour winds um, that were just causing the the fire to spread pretty rapidly and erratically. Um, and so there was really little, uh, there was, no matter, I mean, it was just, it was just hard for the firefighters to contain it and, um, and kind of, I guess, anticipate where the, where the flames would, would go next. Um, so Sagasia Vineyard, um, is a, uh, is a, is a 15 acre piece of property on the top of Mount Beater. Uh, it produces very high end Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, you know, I purchased the property back in uh, 2012, um, and it's been, been kind of a, a, a family vineyard, um, a gathering place, um, and also, a, you know, a um, just, just a wonderful, wonderful place that creates wonderful wine. Um, uh, it, it's been, you know, very highly rated. Um, it produces a single a vineyard designate wine called Sagasti Vineyard. Um, and uh, I'd say 75, 80% of the, of the property is lost. Um, the vineyard has been severely impacted and damaged. Um, the 2017 vintage um, will, will, Sagasti Vineyard will not be producing a 2017 vintage wine. Uh, the fruit is, has, um, been severely impacted, whereas it, it's just it's not suitable for winemaking. The 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 winemaker 
has chosen to not move forward with uh, with with making wine out of the vineyard. Um, I lost uh, the entire kind of I guess wine library to inventory um, dating back from uh, 2006 up through 2013 vintages verticals of of the wine from the property. Um, all of that was on site and got destroyed. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been sobering. It's been um, kind of eye opening. Um, it's really allowed me to gain perspective on a lot of different things in life. Because um, I mean, you just can't anticipate something like this, and when it's happening, and you can't, you, you just you you can't do anything. You're you're so helpless, and then to go up and actually see what was there no longer there. It's just like, oh my gosh, you know, life is life is fickle, and life is 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 uh, you know, it just everything can be taken away and stuff is stuff. So those are some of the takeaways. And so, you know, with that being said, you know, I kind of pivoted very quickly and I said, you know what, this is unbelievably painful. This is unbelievably overwhelming. Um, there are other people that are hurting more than I am. Right. And, and the last thing that I wanted to do is be self-absorbed and just focus on my problems and, oh my gosh, like the insurance and this and that, and, you know, who, you know, just all these, you know, how do I get back up and running? Like, you know, I, I, I said, you know what, I don't, I, I, I can't take that on what I can do right now. What we can do right now as a company is we can focus on others. Um, and so that's why we created the Fire Raising Rescue Project. The project centers on collecting the still edible fruit from damaged vines and using it to create crunchy, nutrient-dense raisins, or as Kate calls them, cabernaisins. While neighbors and others impacted by the fires have already donated a ton of grapes for the project, Kate says he knew he could not pull it off alone, and that's why he has teamed up with the Food Recovery Network. In kind of the wake of this disaster, um, we... And, and noticing that, that fruit was not going to be a good fruit, healthy fruit, fruit that, you know, I've personally been having my hands on and um, cultivating over the course of this entire growing season, um, having that be, quote-unquote, unsuitable for wine. Um, yet, when I taste it and I'm walking through the vineyard and, and you know, it's, it's, it's still good, it's still good. It still has use and purpose. Well, we uh, we decided that we could do something, you know, turn lemons into lemonade. And so we partnered with uh, the Food Recovery Network, and um, they specialize, in, and their purpose is to reduce food waste. And they have, you know, 240 college chapters throughout the United States that focuses on reducing food waste and taking food that would otherwise go to landfills or be wasted and, and repurposing it to people that are in need. Um, so that sort of mission uh, really resonated with, with the wine raisin company um, and me personally. And uh, so we thought it was, a, it was a good opportunity to reach out to them. Um, so what we've created is what we call the Fire Rescue Raisin Project, um, where we're actually um, able to take fruit that would otherwise not be suitable for winemaking, right? 
and we can take that, put it through our process, and actually create um, fire rescue raisins and um, you know cavernaisins that we can then um, then use uh, these to help victims of other natural disasters, right? Whether it be Puerto Rico, whether it be Houston, uh, whether it be Florida, whether it be NorCal, uh, we really want to create this this take what is you know otherwise lost because of a natural disaster and repurpose it to provide healthy nutrition to victims of the natural disaster. Um, and we saw the Food Recovery Network as a perfect partner to help us uh, achieve that goal. Cates explained that the Food Recovery Network will help the project on the back end by connecting potential buyers and distributors, including potentially the American Red Cross, FEMA, and other nonprofits focused on helping those in need in the wake of a disaster. In addition to help from the Food Recovery Network, Kate says he also needs funding to process and pack the grapes, which is where the public comes in. Kate's recently launched a GoFundMe campaign with an ambitious goal of raising $500,000 to help the wine raisin company achieve four clear goals. Um, we want to you know, reduce food waste. We want to put farmers back to work. We want to use this product that we're creating to directly affect and help hurricane victims and fire relief victims, and then also kind of bring awareness around the byproduct of one natural disaster and kind of almost ironically delivering that back to people in need of those disasters. And so this GoFundMe opportunity is the conduit for taking, you know, product that's hanging on the vine in fields, paying farm workers, getting farm workers who have been uh, you know, obviously adversely affected and have lost wages due to these fires because their harvest season has been uh, cut short, and putting them back to work to pick the fruit. And we have to, uh, you know, trucking the fruit, processing the fruit, um, packaging the fruit, and then ultimately getting it to distribution. So this GoFundMe opportunity is the conduit to help make that into a reality. Now, we will also be using the profits from this endeavor um, uh, to actually donate back to the Food Recovery Network and other uh, the, the Napa Valley Disaster Relief Fund, um, as well as other nonprofits um, to directly help those that have been affected by the fire. So our goal is $500,000, um, and the purpose of this GoFundMe initiative is to take fruit that's hanging on the vine currently and create that into the sustainable superfood rescue raisins. Um, that takes, it, it, it's very capital intensive. It takes a lot of people working together, and uh, it really takes a team. Um, now, we're not going to be able to do that unless we get funding <laughs> to obviously uh, to make that a reality. And so that's what we created to go fund. We're also, um, we're, we're working with banks to hopefully get some bridge financing um, and, uh, you know, kind of step up for a good cause. Um, because if we can get this, obviously, you know, commitments on the back end. And, again, we're also looking for people that want to buy organizations to, to help um, kind of, you know, purchase this on the, uh, you know, speak for these rescue raisins on the back end. Because then we can say, hey, 
uh, you know, go to a bank and say, hey, listen, we we need we, we need to be able to turn, you know, these raisins hanging on the vine into rescue raisins and help out a good cause. These are the buyers. This is how it's going to work. This is what it looks like. So we're actually hitting it in two in two areas, but this GoFundMe is beyond beyond necessary to to making this reality. The fire rescue raisins are a twist on Kate's existing wine raisins, which he explained were developed about two years ago out of the same idea of not letting anything go to waste. A couple years ago, um, my father, my parents were out for harvest uh, in Napa, and the crews had come through and, and already picked, um, picked the vineyard on harvest day. And my dad and I were walking through, and we noticed that three to five percent of the fruit was left on the vine um, post-harvest. And we didn't want to have any of this go to waste, and so we collected it all. And we were sitting out after dinner, and we were looking at the fruit in the picking bins, and you know what we noticed is that they were all uniformly dimpled, right? They were partially dehydrated, and the vineyard crew are trained that if there is visual dimpling, you know, the dimpling that that's on the fruit, to actually leave that in the field, because that's a sign that the bricks or the ratio between sugar and water within the grape is higher than what they really want to pick, right? Because when you're picking wine grapes, you want uniformity, right? Because ultimately these sugars are going to be converted into alcohol, and you want that transition to be one uniform step. Um, you don't want outliers. So my father is a retired cardiologist, and we were sitting there, we were eating the fruit, and I turned to my dad. I said, Dad, these are so good. And he said, I know, son. I know that these are good for you. Because, again, as a cardiologist, he's been prescribing wine to his patients for decades, right? Um, grapeseed flour, grapeseed oil, grapeseed extract. These are all heart-healthy um, foods that really stem from the grape seed. And wine, you know, when you're making wine, you crush the grape and you extract the tannins via the skin and seed, via dilution, and then you throw the skins and seeds away. But by putting it through a process, we're able to sweat out the water and then use the residual sugars inside the fruit to caramelize and toast that seed to make it edible. A raw wine grape seed is really unpalatable. Um, it's, over, it, it's very hard. It's overly tannic. It's astringent. It can chip your tooth, and usually it'll pass through, so you're not able to actually absorb the key nutrients inside that grape seed. But by putting it through a process and keeping the fruit in its original food matrix, we enhance the bioavailability, right, the ability for your body to recognize that this is a whole food and absorb um, and maximize the nutrients that it will get from that fruit. Despite the destruction of the family vineyard, Kate says that the Wine Raisin Company is doing well and is gaining distribution in part thanks to its clean label and positioning as a healthy snack. What's great about this product and what really resonates with our consumers is the simplicity of the label. <laughs> We're actually tied for the, the cleanest label on earth. We're up there with a banana, 
There's one ingredient. There's one ingredient in each bag, just the grapes. There's no sulfur. There's no preservatives. There's no added sugar. It's just nature. Um, and so people like to know what they're eating, and they really like to know that there's really no other additives within the bag. Um, you know, it's 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 fantastic as a standalone snack. Um, you know, one of our 0.65 ounce bags. Um, they're, I mean, they're 60 calories and provide 8% of your daily fiber. You know, in a 1.6 ounce serving, which is the amount of fruit that's actually required to create one glass of wine, uh, that's at 20% of your daily fiber uh, and the antioxidants of, of multiple glasses of wine, but no alcohol because it hasn't been fermented. So uh, it's to continue to grow our footprint, um, but we're also, you know, we're 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 not strictly focused on just, you know, conventional grocery or specialty grocery or natural grocery. Um, we've got our fingers in, in a bunch of different avenues that are that are successful. Um, you know, we we're really starting to break into the food the food service space, um, corporate campuses, universities, colleges. Um, you know, uh, and and it's really it, it, it's it's a you know, corporate campuses, um, they want, they really want to focus on healthy foods for their employees that are full of antioxidants, um, full of fiber, um, that taste good, and are going to keep their staff and their employees healthy. Um, so that's been a great avenue for us. Um, we also are, are uh, have partnered with some major airlines, uh, a major airline. We're hoping to grow that business as well um, with our dark chocolate covered cabernets um, as, as, as an option in, in, in the first class baskets. Um, we also are, uh, you know, this, while this is a great snack, it's also arguably a better ingredient. Um, it's a perfect addition to salads and yogurts and granolas. And when you bake with it, um, you know, you, you're able to still maintain that, that, that little bit of a crunch, which has a good texture and mouthfeel. And what we found is that people that don't like raisins like these because of the crunch. Um, and it's, it's very unique and it's, it's, it's delicious. So we're going to be, uh, as we continue to grow, we really see an avenue for growth within the, um, within the bulk, uh, the bulk space is an ingredient, an inclusion, a branded ingredient. Um, and we're getting adoption from uh, from restaurants and uh, other manufacturers that are interested in including this into their granolas or their trail mixes um, or chocolatizing it, etc. Reflecting on the challenges and opportunities ahead for both his vineyard and his snack company, Kate's remains optimistic. I mean, it's it's oh, it's overwhelming. Um, but my goal is to rebuild. Um, it's going to take a long time. It's, uh, you know, you, it's like, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's day by day and it's going to be a process. Um, but you know, it's, it's not, uh, I'm not one to give up easily and, um, I plan is to rebuild. On that note, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join us again for another installment in the future. 
Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.